We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for your blood. Father, we thank you. We enter your holy throne of grace by the sprinkling of the precious and holy blood of Jesus to obtain mercy, to find the grace to help in the time of need. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for your love. We pray, Lord, that we receive your love, your love and mercy, that we were dead, but your love and mercy made us alive. Thank you. We worship you, Lord. We're just here to worship you. We just stay in your presence and worship you. Thank you, Lord. I just want to share this, that today I was in the presence of the Lord and the Holy Spirit told me that Pastor Rabbi will allow me to pray. And to share this, that when we hear His voice, our joy is full. The Holy Spirit told me, when you hear my voice, your joy is full. We thank you, Holy Spirit. Our joy is full in you, Lord. And the joy of the Lord is our strength. And John the Baptist said, my joy is full when I hear his voice, the voice of the bridegroom. And when his joy is full, I decrease and he must increase. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you, Lord. We can thank you enough to everything what you have done in our lives. Both seen and unseen, we thank you. Amen. towards us. Amen. We can all sit down. Thank you. Hallelujah to Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Bless you all in the Lord Jesus. Thank you for coming to hear the wonderful news of Jesus. Amen.
Amen. Who's ready for some testimonies? I have a couple. I'll share this one first. Um, very powerful. We almost finished our um, church and orphanage in Bangladesh. Um, it's going to house probably five to seven hundred people. I sent the last amount um, last week. I'm going to send all photos there. Um, photos of it complete. We're tiling now, we're doing the electrical. And that's going to be a place where salvations are produced. And God looks after all the children there, the precious children. I can't wait to see it. I'll probably send you photos and I'm there. <laughs> so, um, for all the people that have sown into this, We've done this unto the love for Christ. And it's a beautiful thing to know that every person here loves Christ, but most of all you're participating in God's salvation plan. It's the greatest investment you can ever put your money towards. So I'll share another testimony. So when the photos are finished there, for the tiding and the electrical, we're doing it now. The structure's all complete, thank God. <clears throat> when I was praying in the Holy Spirit yesterday morning I'd done a Zoom conference meeting three years ago with 300 pastors apostles and prophets and pastors and I got invited to share around the world and <clears throat> the Holy Spirit told me to connect with one of the pastors slash apostle I don't know him too well but the Holy Spirit told me to connect with him He's from Zimbabwe. And when I was praying in the Holy Spirit yesterday morning, I, I hardly speak to him. The Holy Spirit said to me, he has a house that's half complete. And he has a land that he wants to purchase for the establishment of the church. So I waited till the night. And I, I said, I've never um, seen him since that Zoom call on a video call. I said, can, I, can you call me, please? And it's pretty, it's pretty interesting because the man has six children and, and he's adopted one. It's exactly what's in my family now. And um, I said to him, my friend, I didn't t share the prophecy with him yet. I said, my friend, can you show me a video of your house? And he said, yeah. He said, why do you ask? I said, can you just show me a video? And he starts sharing the video. He goes to the bathroom. It's not complete. He goes to the bedrooms. Not complete. He goes to the roof. Not complete. And he said, man of God, man of God, uh, this is my house, but it's half complete. And I didn't share this to test the Holy Spirit. I just wanted to have comfort in my heart that when I do send all the funds, and I'm sure that I heard clearly. And he said, the man of God, this is not the most important thing to me. I rejoiced even more. He said, I have a land that I want to buy for the church. 
exactly what I heard. He said, it's 50 meters by 50 meters. And he said, my house is not the main focus, though I'm going to fund it. He said, the church, the house of the Lord is the main focus. And I said, my friend, the Holy Spirit spoke to me this morning and he said, for me to fund it for you. And he started to weep and cry. It's, uh, I can't tell you. And I started to cry too. You know why? The greatest joy is to answer someone's prayer. I know how that feels. And I said to him, the Lord showed me your desire to build the church and to represent your Lord. And he said, it's true. He said, I, sent, I spent 40 days multiple times in the mountain with one bottle of water seeking God for this, fasting 40 days. And I said, my friend, God answered you. So, um, as a person here who represents the Lord also, don't feel forced or rushed or pushed to give. But if it's in your heart to put towards this, I'll be preparing all the money. We need roughly around $25,000 to complete his house and the church. So if you feel led to put towards this, it's God's plan. Nothing less, nothing more, it's for God. So we'll put the um, account number there, whoever wants to put towards this. I have many, it's interesting, God's got me now establishing orphanages and churches and all this stuff. It's beautiful. He's shown me where the greatest investment goes. So if you're, I won't say if you're led, if you are, if your heart is to bless the name of the Lord and you want to do it cheerfully, then go for it. Amen? Okay. Uh, sorry, I forgot the main point of the message. Now I forgot that one. So two weeks, two and a half weeks ago, a prophet from Nigeria went there and he's called up the man's wife. And he said, excuse me, you come here, please. And he said to her, there is a man from Australia who is going to finish help, your, help building your house and get the church. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? And he's trying to think, how would this actually happen? <laughs> Just like I heard that, give the microphone to this man to pray. It's like I hear, give this man, fund his church and help him. And a lot of people say, I want to hear this voice. It won't work like this. I need to prepare myself. Because if you're not dead, and if you're not on that journey and the pathway to die to the flesh and your ambitions and your desires, the voice does not come. Another testimony. I had a couple of them. This one's a funny one. So I'm at the uh, sushi shop in Graceland. <laughs> 
So I'm at the sushi shop and I'm preaching to the man. I've probably led 70% of Greystain shopping to the Lord. <laughs> yeah. Um, at Woolies, we had amazing moments at Woolies where, this, this, and this one, this one, just a quick, just a quick one. I don't want to spend messages, it's too much. Um, we were going on a, um, I think we were going on a, I can't remember, but we were buying so, many, so much stuff. And um, the, the register ceased. We spent like half an hour loading everything up, and then she goes, sorry, you have to go to the next register. I said, you've got to be kidding. <laughs> Anyways, I got to the, the third register, and the Holy Spirit said, I stopped the machine so you can speak to this lady. And someone would seek man's disappointment, it's God's appointment. But we always see it in a negative way. <laughs> and um, the Holy Spirit said, say these things to her. And she couldn't serve me anymore. She's breaking down and weeping. God, God removed that deep, deep-rooted burden that she was carrying all her life. And um, I'll just share with you, like, those encounters what I live for, that people can encounter Jesus. And yes, he's m people are meant to encounter Jesus through your life. People are meant to encounter you. Paul says we are walking that epistle. We are the epistle of God. There should be the book of Jesse or the book of David, not the Old Testament David. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's how it is in the New Testament. That's who we are in Christ. You must believe that you're, you're released from heaven to earth. That's how God sees us. I wish we would see ourselves like this. Anyways, the sushi man, um, he... he um, served me and I said to him, you follow Christ? He said, yes, yes, very devoted. And I said, okay. And I said, I said to him, you have children? And he said, no, no, nine years, no children. And I said, you mind if I pray? And he goes, yeah, you can pray. And I come to pray for him and I heard very clearly, tell him the Lord, that I'm going to give him a girl, baby girl. He's he stopped me. He goes, no, no, no. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> and he's looking at me, going, what's wrong with this guy? <laughs> I just heard from God for him that he's going to have a child. <laughs> and he goes, girl, too much trouble. To be sure. He goes, girl, too much trouble. And I started to think, does that stem from having trouble with his mum? I always look at things deeply. People, think, people say, you look too deep. But that's how the Holy Spirit looks. Because it, 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 it comes from somewhere. But that's how I see it. I've been trained like that by the Holy Spirit. And he said, no, no, no girl. I said, you're having girl. It's <laughs> 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 actually funny. <laughs> I go, brother, I saw a girl, you're having girl. <laughs> and then he said, don't, don't, take a sushi. 
so anyways, I saw him, was it yesterday, I suppose? Yeah, I saw him yesterday, and his wife's giving birth in two weeks. So he saw me, he goes, you're a dangerous man. <laughs> and I said, I said, he goes, you're a dangerous man. And I said, what's wrong, brother? He goes, this one, girl, girl. <laughs> actually so funny. I'm driving and I'm laughing <laughs> to my car park. People looking at me, what's wrong with this guy? I'm laughing how God humbled him. <laughs> I'm laughing how God humbled him. God humbled him. So she's giving birth in two weeks. But God humbled him. And isn't it interesting that God can also humble you? You know, the Holy Spirit showed me something. Uh, you know, the Holy Spirit showed me something about humbling. And he said to me the reason <coughs> when people come up here to pray, you're coming to the Lord. You're not coming to a man. And you know, the Holy Spirit, what he said to me? He said to me many months ago, he said, you know when people come to the, to the prayer altar, most of my people come boasting and not in humility. I just want to take a step back a little bit. He said most of the people come to the front here boasting and not in humility. And I want to give you an example of something that happened last week. <coughs> there was one lady I was praying for. I'm not going to say her name because I'm not there to expose anyone. But I just share so you can learn something. There was one lady that was standing here. And the Holy Spirit said, tell her um, is all her problem because of her husband. I think everyone will put their hands up. <laughs> and he said, tell her is the problem um, she's going through because of her husband. He's not saved. She goes, yes, yes. How did you know? And the Holy Spirit said, he's not the problem, she is. Because she attacks him every week and blames him from all the things that he's doing wrong. How can he, skip, how can he spring up to be that man and get saved? And that's one little uh, example I give you of she's coming boasting. Instead of coming here and saying, I'm a person of control, slander, pride, I'm a person who tries to control my husband. She came with the opposite. And the Holy Spirit humbled her. And she agreed and laughed. I said, is your husband's the problem? She agreed and, and she laughed with me. I said, I'm not laughing. I said, you're the problem. Okay, because you have God's love. You've touched God's love. You're supposed to reflect that back to your husband. And the Holy Spirit showed me why he doesn't, why he's not comfortable with the people in the way that he wants to be comfortable. And can I go a bit deeper now? You can go to God's secret place boasting. It's, it's a ripple effect. It all begins for where it all begins, the secret place with the Lord. You can go to God's secret place boasting. 
And you know the greatest way we can come to the secret place, boasting, Lord, use me for this, not Lord, cleanse and purify my heart. Search my heart, see if there's any offensive way in it, and lead me to the path of everlasting. But the Holy Spirit said, I'm not too comfortable with the people because they're coming to me boasting. I never heard this before, but I'll just share it to you. And he said to me, most of my people come boasting. Instead of confessing the truth of what you're actually going through, they try to bypass it. The Bible says to confess your sins to one another so you may be healed. And this is not to get everyone to come and confess to me, please. No. <laughs> I have enough on my plate. But this is just to show you the, the, the right spirit you come in towards God. And it changed me because the way that I pray for people now, it's so different. The ultimate, the ultimate result is for that person to get delivered or that person to get spoken by the Lord or for that person to receive what he wants from the Lord. But imagine you coming boasting to the presence of God and pride wants you to conceal it and hide that from the Lord. Now the greatest danger of boasting in the presence of the Lord she couldn't see that she was the problem. That hurts more than anything. A person coming to get prayer and she can't see the reason why her husband's not getting saved. That hurts more than anything is when you're blinded of why the breakthrough cannot come. Are we understanding? Please understand this. So I want you to reflect when you come to the place where the Holy Spirit is active by His grace and by the blood of Christ. Are you coming in the right spirit with repentance, wanting to draw near to Him? Or are you coming concealing it? You know our traditional people, our traditional people, the Middle Eastern people, it's very common for them to do this. And I'm sorry to say it like this. Because we, we're always secretive. Secretive. We, we don't want no one to know anything, but we ended up hiding it from people. And what you do to man, you're really doing it to God. Can we understand this? What you're really doing to man, you're really doing it to God. And it's the truth. Whatever you do to others, you're doing it to God. And I just wanted to impart that to you. Because some things that are here, it's not for you, it's for me. But this is f to do with the people. And it's, I'm not saying it's for, it's for everyone, but the reason why people are not getting the results from the Holy Spirit, because the Bible says this, it's the Holy Spirit that breaks the yoke. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty, freedom. So the Holy Spirit, He loves to free people, but have you ever wondered why I can't receive? And the Holy Spirit said this to me, that most of my people are coming boasting. And secretive, hidden, is a form of pride. Because this person may look at me different, but Jesus covered us all. And we were naked all at one stage. 
you don't, you don't tell someone who's immature about your sinful life, no. You tell someone who's going to cover you and guide you and protect you. You don't, you don't go, a man that has lustful issues, you don't go tell a woman that you have lustful issues. It's a recipe for disaster. <laughs> I can help you. But before you know it, wrong things are happening. So I just wanted to share that with you. My, my, my desire now is for you to receive from the Lord. And it's the truth. Okay. Okay, so who wants to hear this preaching about Jesus on the boat with us? It's good. It's very powerful. I'm going to share a very powerful treasure with you that the Holy Spirit shared with me three months ago. Three months ago? Three months ago. Today you're going to receive the why the Holy Spirit told me why Jesus walked on the water. So good. Holy Spirit. He never speaks of himself. He speaks everything that Jesus said. And when you know the Holy Spirit, you can truly know Jesus. It's the way that I see it. So let's get into it. We go to Matthew 14, 22 to 31. I don't know if I'm going to preach my whole message. We got captivated with the testimonies. You notice for a very long time I didn't share any more testimonies because the Holy Spirit told me to focus on teaching and erecting your building, your character, your heart, your walk. And this is the season that we're in. So the Holy Spirit showed me from the New Testament he showed me from the New Testament that every time Jesus went on the ship, it's symbolic of a spiritual level of faith that you go towards. And I'm going to explain it. It's very powerful. But there's a hidden mystery in the first one. If I was interested in something in my journey, I really believe the the foundation you can lay for your journey is prepared by knowing what's coming your way. When you know something's coming your way, you welcome it with open hands. But when something comes your way in a shock, yeah, it, it, that it's not received with uh, welcoming regarding God's way of doing things inside of you. When you know it's going to happen, you prepare yourself spiritually for it. But when you're unaware of what's to come and how God's going to uh, mold you and transform you, it hits you as a shock. Meaning, you don't, you receive it with confusion or you receive it with questioning God. But when you know God's way of doing things, um, exposing, convicting, growing, maturing, you welcome it with open hands. 
And that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. I really believe so many people struggle to walk because they haven't understood God's way of promoting you or God's way of dealing with you. And when we can know this, we can welcome it with open hands. Amen? Isn't that true? Most people leave their journey because they didn't get their way. Most people leave their journey because it became too hard. Most people leave their journey because they think they have no hope of getting to that destiny. And it's true. But from the beginning, I knew what God needed to do inside of me. And that, that allowed me to welcome even the struggles cheerfully. Who here is willing to welcome even the struggles with joy? Yeah. Hallelujah, when the blessings come, praise you Jesus when the blessings come. But when you're in that furnace, when you're in the, <laughs> the clay, the potter's hand, oh Lord. <laughs> oh. Let's go to Matthew 14, uh, 22. Now you're going to learn uh, one, of my one of my greatest rewards from the Holy Spirit is that he teaches me the word of God because nothing is there for the sake of it. So let's read it. Now, before I start also, in the Bible, the disciples, the Pharisees and people, some of them called him Lord. Some of them called him Master. Some of them called him Teacher. And this an, there's, a, there's, a, there's a meat in this. Because some things, some things God has to teach you. You don't wake up overnight with it. Can we understand this? When they say, Lord, teach me, he's showing you. It's a process. You're in a school. You're not going to sit in exams and you're in kindergarten. It's a teaching some of them, they called him Lord, where he's all-powerful and he controls them. Some of them is Master, where I'm his slave or his servant. I just want you to get, get this thinking inside of you, because you can learn so much from it. If something's a teaching, then it's multi-layered of what God needs to do inside of you. Most of the times when um, people come to me, they say, I thought the Lord already dealt with me in this way. But when you know it's a teaching, you're forever learning, forever undoing. Can you understand? Here, in the boats, they're calling him, first time here is Lord, because there's a hidden gem here. There's all those other times, teacher, 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 teacher. Showing you, you have to be taught by the Lord now. And imagine you, you got saved, and you're not active in the Word, and you're not active in the Holy Spirit. How can Jesus teach you? He'll take you back to the first place. Lord, save me. Lord. Let's have a look. So remember, as well, I want to bless you. The Holy Spirit, you know how every time Jesus says, oh, you of little faith, yes? Five times it's in the gospel. And each one deals with one different thing. Doubt, fear, worry. 
And you start to see, oh, you of little faith, you start to see the areas that he focuses on. And they're mostly in the ship. Can you understand? So I'm going to do, with this, I'm going to do like an oh, you of you little faith series. <laughs> I'm going to do a series of, of oh, you of little faith. So you can understand the areas that God begins to deal with. Because then when you're dealing with it, you say, well, I'm not the only one. Jesus said, I'm going to go through it. It's real. You have joy. You have joy in those seasons, yes? So I'll read them out quickly. So, oh, you of little faith, the first one's doubt. I'm dealing only with three. The first one is fearful. The second one is fearful. The third one is worry. So little faith, what does it focus on? You see? Oh, you little faith. Recognizing little faith allows you to see the, the flaws inside of you, to see the cracks inside of you, to see the lack inside of you, so you can begin to mature. But imagine you don't see it. Imagine every time you go through a struggle, I'm struggling because of this, I'm struggling because of that, I'm struggling because of this, and you don't see, I'm actually fearing, I'm actually doubting, I'm actually fearful. And you stay in the situation that you're in. So every time Jesus says, of you a little faith, pay closer attention. Because when we all begin, that's who we are. You don't get saved and you have great faith straight away. So we're, we're all clean now? I can start. Because it's a teaching. Here, uh, Peter calls him Lord. It's for a reason. <coughs> so immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the uh, other side where he dismissed the crowd. So here there's a crossing over. Yes? There's something that Jesus wants us to know here. So there's a crossing over. <coughs> and um, can we go back? So Jesus wasn't in the boat here. He wasn't their Lord yet. Okay? Let's get this clear. The other time, he was asleep, he, but, but, but he's in the boat. Here, here, Jesus is not their Lord yet. So immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side. While he dismissed the crowd, after he had dismissed them, he went up, up, up on the mountainside by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat was already considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against them. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. But Jesus said immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. 
But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sing, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith, he said, why did you doubt? Thirty-one. Yeah, that's it. Okay, so who's ready for the treasure? Yes? Ready for some Holy Spirit treasure? The Holy Spirit asked me, the Holy Spirit asked me, why did Jesus walk on the water? I never heard this. And I said, Holy Spirit, tell me. And he said to me this. He said, Jesus walked on water is symbolic of Genesis, where the Spirit of God hovered upon the depths of the water. You can take photo of my notes, it's okay. I'll say, I'll say it again, I'll say it again. The Holy Spirit said to me, Jesus walked on water, symbolic of Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, where the Spirit of God hovered upon the depths of the water. It's Jesus. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? <laughs> He said to me, he said to me, my greatest desire from the beginning was to enter into man. And he goes, the first man I entered to was Peter at baptism in the water. He said to me, Peter had to drown so he can receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. What did he say? Lord, save me. He saved him at baptism. Uh, wait one, not finished that one. <laughs> no, cl clap for the Holy Spirit. <laughs> clap for Jesus. But I want to share this to you. It says the Spirit of God hovered upon the face of the waters. Jesus saw that face. Uh, Peter saw that face. He saw the face of Jesus on that water rescuing him. <laughs> Go to Genesis chapter 1. I love when I have these moments with the Holy Spirit. I'm an unlearned person, but I'm hungry to know Jesus. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. What was Jesus doing? He was praying by himself on that mountain where he was creating everything. Go there. Next one. The earth was out without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering on the face of the waters. You see? Jesus saw the Spirit of God hovering on the face of the waters in Jesus Christ. And what did they say? They thought him to be a ghost. Why? Because at baptism, Holy Spirit comes, not Jesus. Isn't that interesting? 
that the baptism of the Holy Spirit comes and Jesus was showing them when I go, that's what's going to happen. The Holy Spirit's going to come. Amen. And then the Holy Spirit said to me, that's why Peter received the revelation on what Jesus said, who do you say I am? You are the Holy One, the Son of God. You know why? Because he said it by the Holy Spirit that he received there. And then the Holy Spirit started to go and I started to have the explosion in my mind. <laughs> but just to show you, Jesus, he's everything. Jesus is everything. Jesus is everything. Jesus is everything. So what happens when you cross over? You cross over at baptism. The first stage. Anyone here wants to get baptized? You will meet the Spirit of God in the face of Jesus. Now here... There's a mystery. I'll probably share the other scripture and I'll stop for tonight. But there's a mystery here. Can we go to Matthew 14, 34, please? Here, from, from the time of the water, uh, when they were in the ocean, they landed at Gesenerat. That one, uh, yeah, so when they had crossed over, they landed at Gesenerat. That is, that, that defines from the Hebrew, the garden of riches. And what is the garden of riches? It's the grace of God. Now, there's a treasure here. God's establishing you to enter into the garden of riches, right? But a lot of people see it as in, wow, amazing flowers and everything. No one thinks there's also thorns there. There's, there's also tears there. There's also weeds there, right? But we always only see that only good things can, can be produced out of this place. But it is good when you start to plow the other ground. Because truth be told, <laughs> the garden of riches... It's only good when you tend to it. If anyone wants to do some weeding around my house, more than welcome. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm not trying to hint out. You don't need to do nothing. But I'm just showing you. A garden that flourishes and it's well presented and it produces the best fruit is a person who tends to it every day. And it's the truth. You don't tend to your heart. You don't tend to your mind. You don't deal with those habits. You don't deal with those cycles. You don't deal with the strongholds. The weeds come, they choke you. And it's the truth. We'll go to the next one. Because this is one's journey on a boat or a ship with Jesus Christ. 
And I love how Jesus allows me to prepare these messages. It's all by his grace. And I'll tell you the truth. It's all by his grace that he allows me to do this. But it's just a testimony that I'm just hungry for him and only him. So the next one. So he says, he called him here, Lord, meaning he's your Lord when he saves you. Now he refers to himself as teacher. There's a teaching you have to go through. But we're so used to blessings. We're so used to rewards. We're, we're so used to getting things right away. That's our fleshly nature. But there's a teaching now that God has to teach you. And, and you know, the, the word teacher, I like to say it um, here. The word teacher in the um, Greek Thea dictionary, it's symbolic as a, a teacher in a school, a tutor, tutor, uh, tutor, coach, instructor, something that you are learning and progressing by. And it's so important to understand. When you understand there is a teaching that you have to undergo, you will accept the process. Yes? When you accept the process, you'll be prepared. And when you are prepared, you're not sleeping, you're awake. Because you know in your heart, well, this is where I am now, and the Lord's prepared me for this place. Believe me, the worst thing in anyone's journey is when you're stuck. Or when you feel like there's no way out, mentally or spiritually, right? Yes or no? Okay. So let's go to the next one. Matthew chapter 8. Now it says here, Oh, you a little faith, why are you fearful? But you've got to understand there, isn't it interesting, that the first encounter with baptism, Jesus is dealing with what? Doubt. And that's a mind that's a mind issue. In the Greek, it's the mind. So it shows you the first encounter of, oh, you have little faith at baptism, what Jesus begins to focus on. And now you can understand Paul's teaching. Renew your mind. Renew your mind. Renew your mind. Renew your mind. You start to see, well, my mind can be a temple and a household for the enemy also. That's why it says, take every thought captive to the mind of Christ, that you may punish every disobedient thought. So you start to see at the, at the stage of baptism, Jesus is focusing on what? Renewing your mind. And you can ask my wife. I spent three years, all day, all night, speaking the scripture over myself. She's a witness. I didn't want to get out of the room. Not that I'm running away from my wife. <laughs> I spent hours, hours in there, and I wanted to eat the scripture. That's how much I was getting restored and fulfilled and loved by the Lord. So you start to see at the place of 
received the Lord, I've received the baptism, I need to get scripture in me now to know that I'm seated in heavenly places now. I'm no longer a participant of the one in the world. You start to see. And well, does the enemy wage war and havoc when a believer first gets saved? And the, f the first altercation or the first attack is your thought process. How many people are weary and tired in their minds, which naturally makes you emotionally tired? It's because you haven't understood or prepared yourself for encounter and battle. And not so much encountering yourself for the enemy, but we will. But so much of all those years you fed yourself what, what it seems to be true, or the ways of the world, or the structure of this world. All your life you were learned and taught this, and then all of a sudden you want to train yourself to be like this? It takes time. But you get blessed when you say, okay, at baptism I need to focus on renewing my mind, because I'm vulnerable to hearing the enemy's voice also, which is fear, doubt, insecurity, rejection, many things. Judgment, guilt, you start to see. So I'll tell you something, in my journey my greatest investment was this. And can I say something to you? I had, a, I had a warped mind. My mind was very warped with fear and anxiety and depression, rejection, and the list goes on. I wished that one day I'll come out and I'm free. I wished. I said to the Lord, Lord, I cannot wait for this day that I come out and my mind is sound. Here I am. Here I am. And I tell you something, the investment was worth worth anything that God does to be where we are today. Because the greatest fruit to walk in with Jesus is peace. Really. I give you peace, I preached about it, which surpasses all understanding. Next one, you're entering the garden of riches. You think, well, it's going to be so good here. Let's see what could help. God has a sense of humor. Matthew 8, 18. When Jesus saw the crowd around him, he gave orders to cross to the other side of the lake. Again, he's crossing over. Jesus wants you to cross over some way. But it's challenging now. Teacher. Then a teacher of the law. Then a teacher of the law came to him and said, Teacher, I'll follow you wherever you go. Now he's speaking about following him. Okay, are you, are you all with me? He's talking about following Jesus now. Jesus replied, foxes have holes and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Another disciple said to him, Lord, first let me go bury my father. So can we go back there? I don't, I don't think that's true. 
if Jesus, son of God, is there and your dad's dying, you say, Lord, come and heal my father. It was the system of, of what his father has taught him. The structure of uh, generation to generation of who they are to be. Can I tell you something? If Jesus, the son of God, was there and you're someone sick, you tell the Lord Jesus, heal my father now. It's true? <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> so there's a mystery here. Another disciple said to him, Lord, first let me go bury my father. But Jesus told him, follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. Now there's one living and there's one living who is dead and there's one who is dead and he's really dead. Keep going. Then he got into the boat and his disciples followed him. Suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. Now, now can we go back there? Now it says that that wave there is tempest. In the Greek, it's um, in the New King James or the KJV, it's tempest. And the word tempest means your flesh that's so aroused, meaning your fleshly nature that's so aroused to serve its flesh. So if I can put it like this, he's saying, he's saying there's a lack of repentance here on this boat. Because foxes and birds, they're, they, they're symbolic of the devil, both of them. The scripture above that I just read. So suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. Now, can you go back there just one second? Jesus was sleeping. They just got saved. You just got saved. Jesus is Lord of you. Jesus, is, Jesus saved you, but he's asleep in you. Faith hasn't been activated yet, so he can begin to discipline you. And they woke him up against the waves, against the flesh. It makes sense when I, I tell you what the birds of the air symbolic of and the foxes. So suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. The, the disciples went and woke him saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. He replied, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and he was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked him, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. That's it. Okay, so let's go to the meaning of the fox. Because there's a teaching here for us. What is a fox symbolic of? Let's go to the Songs of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 15. Now look at this. What did I preach last week? Was it the babes, little what? Little children. Why is he saying here little foxes? There's a mystery here. He's saying catch the little foxes. Because once you get saved, yeah, you're a babe, and now you're starting to slowly wanting to produce fruit. What fruit? The fruit of repentance. The fruit of overcoming the most important thing, your flesh. You see? The New Testament one that I just read. <clears throat> Look what it says here. 
catch us the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vines. Who's the vine? We are. We are. And the fruit is what? They're just starting to spring. A fruit is just starting to spring up. And Satan sends illusions to you. Cycles and habits of sin. Bondage, rebellious nature, pride. Identity issues, fear of man, many things. But you start to see here. Well, the enemy is active when I'm just trying to get back on track and produce the fruit to change, to repent. Can you see this? Catch us, the little foxes, the little fo foxes that what? They spoil. Yes, you're part of the vine, but you can't produce fruit. The most important fruit in all the Gospels is the gospel is the fruit of repentance. What are you to guard? To guard that fruit of repentance. Because imagine you're walking with Jesus, you've got nothing to eat from. You've achieved nothing. We go again. We go to the birds of the air. just want to give you a picture. So you read the scripture in context, you can understand. He's not just talking about a bird that flies around and lands in a tree. We go to Revelation chapter 18, verse 2. But where do they strike? They strike the second stage of your ship. You're in a boat and you're in a ship. Now the Holy Spirit's trying for you to overcome the flesh. The natural man, the sinful nature, the rebellious nature, the pride, the cycles, the habits. You start to see, well, am I, am I all over the place? Am I constantly in a habit where I'm feeding my flesh, feeding my sinful nature, resisting the word of God, resisting prayer? You start to see. Someone, I said to someone here, is she here? No. And I said to her, the greatest resistance that Jesus had in his journey with Christ was in the wilderness when he was fasting. He was fasting 40 days. The greatest resistance he had was from Satan. I said, in the beginning, the greatest resistance you have that stops you from praying, that stops you from declaring the word of God, that stops you from putting it into practice is Satan's realm of resistance. How many people feel like they're in a place of resistance? I hear it every time people tell me, I can't pray. I can't sit in that place. That's the realm of Satan's resistance. You know that? You have to break that barrier. Because in the beginning, it's powerful. And you let that accumulate. You let that operate in your life. Your prayer life is uh, not founded on a healthy foundation. That's Satan's realm of resistance. Look here in Revelation, the birds of the air. And he cried mighty with a loud voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and has become a dwelling place of demons, a prison for every foul spirit, and a cage for every unclean and hated bird. So you see when Jesus said the foxes and the birds? He's telling you he wants, his rest, he wants to rest his head 
but he has no one in that ship to rest his head yet. Can you see? He wants to rest his head on that sh people in his ship and there's no one for him to rest his head yet because they haven't dealt with their sinful nature yet. Matthew 13, verse 1 to 3. On the same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the sea. And great multitudes were gathered together to him, saying, so that he got into a boat and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. Then he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow, Uh, next, can we get the next one? Sorry. And as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. So, isn't it interesting? A seed is symbolic of little children. They're just starting to slowly get to know the Word of God, they're just slowly starting to see the wrong and the right. They're just starting to get familiar with who they are in Christ. And what happens? Demons are sent from the kingdom of darkness to devour those seeds. You see, all the teaching, Jesus, one day at the cross, it took him to die, three years to teach. And what did he teach? What did he teach? To guard what's inside of you, guard your vision of who you truly are. Isn't that true? He's more interested in you walking the journey all the way until you see the Lord than anything isn't that true? It's so true. Jesus' greatest investment was for you to protect what's inside of you and how we have failed that test. It's true. How we have failed this test. If I was to call people here every week, who's suffering? Who's in mental uh, attacks? Who's in emotional attacks? Who's in sin? I'm telling you, 90% of the people will get up. You know why? We haven't known to prepare ourselves. We haven't discovered that there's only Jesus and nothing else. We haven't discovered this yet. Apart from you, there's no good thing. We haven't discovered that yet. A bit of Jesus, a bit of the world, a bit of myself. It's a good, perfect balance. And I'll tell you the truth. It is the truth what I'm saying. Whether you like to hear it or not, it is the truth. And I learned this for myself first. And when the Holy Spirit rebuked me in the beginning of this year at the lake, when he said, this is the condition of your church. If you don't undergo spiritual discipline and discipleship, what's, what's in them will, can, will end up dying. And can I say it like this? I'm going to be more direct, but in love. Because I'd rather tell you the truth, make you uncomfortable, than allow you to live with the lie. And it is the truth. And not that I have been accepted wherever I go. People uncomfortable. <laughs> but I tell, me, I tell you something. You thank me in heaven. You may not thank me here. You thank me in heaven. But I tell you something. You start to see 
the greatest investment of Jesus from ship to ship to ship was what? Was what? When you read it, what was the greatest investment? To prepare you. Can you read the Bible like this? Read the Bible like this. Because when you're prepared, guess what happens? You're ready to walk. And that's the truth. How many people here that are hot, they're hot and cold in their journey? It's not good. It's not good. It's not good. Don't fool yourself. It's not good. And it's, there's nothing good in that realm. The birds of the air are attracted to you and the little foxes that are already spoiling what's inside of you. It's not good. And it's the truth. So I'll leave the rest to another day by God's grace. And let's pray. you to I want you to understand something the greatest investment is a teaching your prayer life will change when you understand this no more give me no more give me teach me that's the doorway for you to hear the Holy Spirit that's the doorway that ushers his voice to come because he knows now I can teach this man or I can teach this woman and I can begin to see the areas that he wants to begin to locate with me. What allowed me to know the Holy Spirit like I do now was because of this. Teach me in the beginning. He showed me the little, fo the little foxes. You know, it's interesting, like the little foxes, um, they're smart, they're cunning. They operate in mischief. They, they know when to attack something that's injured. You know, because I've been hunting since I was 11. And they only come out to hunt. They only come out to hunt when the animal's injured. And it's called like a fox whistle. And it comes to an injured rabbit. The whistle is an injured rabbit. Unfortunately, it's an injured rabbit. And what happens was when you blow the whistle, the fox comes out of the deepest woods. And it's, a, it's, a, it's interesting that in the beginning, there's many uh, injuries in us mentally, emotionally, physically. And you'll find the fox there. But isn't it interesting that Jesus comes, he bandages your wounds, and he heals those wounds. But if you don't understand this, the fox will stay in your circle. He'll stay in your circle. The little fox. He'll keep you in your circle. Because if injury is what you go through from day to day, if mind attacks is what you go through from day to day, you'll wear it. And you will become that person. And your life will be built around that. True? So he said, remove him. 
get to know the truth so you can know who you truly are in Christ because you won't accept or tolerate anything anymore because they're all a lie and an illusion pain is an illusion pain was dealt with at the cross it's an illusion it is especially emotional and mental pain the greatest two pains I believe that all stem from the heart so I encourage you to know this the garden of riches is to deal with what? the birds of the air and the little foxes and then and then you begin to see the harvest inside of you and outside of you but isn't it interesting that a fox he comes out of the deepest woods when he hears something that's injured well well and he hides himself so good but when you blow that whistle I'm injured Satan comes at a opportune time and I encourage you to get to know the truth get to know the truth so you won't tolerate the little foxes or the birds of the air which are demons because all they're interested in is ripping that seed out of you the little seed that it just birthed I just got a taste of God's love that's a little seed Satan wants to destroy that because then if you don't love God you don't love yourself you walk away take your journey seriously everyone here take your journey seriously we pray we thank you Jesus that you're our life-giving hope whatever the enemy intended for harm Lord use for the good thank you that you defeated him publicly by the cross Satan you're destroyed by the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ and greater is the one who's in us than the one who's in the world thank you Jesus for you transferred us from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of your son that you love thank you Jesus thank you Jesus whom the son sets free is free thank you Lord I pray Lord that we can know you as teacher today I pray from today Lord that every person can witness you as teacher where you teach them from day to day I pray this prayer for every person here today Lord thank you Jesus I pray that everyone can know you as teacher where your voice is and where your voice thrives thank you Holy Spirit Holy Spirit's here now thank you thank you thank you Jesus thank you you don't have to suffer anymore at the cross everyone is free and he's the same yesterday today and forevermore thank you Lord thank you Jesus begin to thank him thank him what he's going to do now begin to thank him thank you he wants you to know him as teacher teacher 
He's your Lord, He saved you. Now, do I know Him as my teacher? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We worship you as a body today. We thank you for your kindness, Lord, and your goodness. Thank you for your grace that's upon every life today. I pray for anyone who's wounded or hurt. Those little foxes and the birds of the air that have destroyed people here today, I command them to be free today. Holy Spirit, bring freedom and liberty to your people. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Isn't it interesting, and I like to say this as I close off, isn't it interesting that every time that I drove on the way to a bush or a farm, a dead animal, the bird has plucked its eye. And there's a reason for this. Because if Satan can pluck your eye, where your eyes are not on Jesus anymore, you're dead. And it's true. But look at the first encounter that Satan wants to attack. A little child, meaning a spiritual child. A person who's just springing up to know the Lord. The eye. What does the Bible say? Taste and see that the Lord is good. Satan knows this. And if he can pluck your eye to make you see Jesus through another lens, you become bitter and resentful. And you won't see the Lord in the way that you're meant to see him. So the birds of the air represent you seeing Jesus through another lens. Let's be equipped today to know that Jesus is good and his love endures forever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah to Jesus. Hallelujah. But just to show you the enemy's plans and plots, so you can be free. And what the Lord said with me this week, remember the goodness and the kindness and remember every time Jesus touched your life and done good things to you, this allows the seed to remain alive. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I can't thank you enough, Lord, for helping us today. I can't thank you enough, Lord, for helping us today. Thank you, Lord. You're the encourager, Holy Spirit. Thank you for encouraging us today, Holy Spirit. Thank you for lifting our spirits today and allowing us to fight the good fight of faith. Thank you, Jesus. I can't thank you enough, Lord, for what you do. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. You mean everything to us, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you'll never leave us. You're our counselor and teacher. Thank you for being with us, in us, and through us, guaranteeing our salvation. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Jesus.